Hello, this is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 184, recorded on Monday the 10th of July 2017 at 6 minutes and 29 seconds past 5 in the afternoon. And the reason I'm recording now is I've just finished my show notes and I am waiting, endlessly waiting, with bated breath for my DHL delivery which I'll tell you more about a bit later. And if you are new to the show, this is the UK podcast for the pop culture geek, technology nerd, and creative media wizard. Under those broad categories, that just about includes everyone on the planet Earth. (laughs) So you can't say I'm not inclusive. And let's start off with personal news. And I just can't seem to shake Techno Bilge. Techno Bilge, if you remember, is my ridiculous Twitter hashtag passive rage reaction to being strung along for a freelance job by a Guardian editor and ultimately not getting the job of reviving a column called Techno Bile and then told... The same old excuse familiar to all of us writers and journalists about budgetary constraints shortly before they hired two expensive staffers. So thanks for that. This all happened a long time ago, though. And I'm always a bit conflicted about using it because constantly tilting at windmills doesn't make me or anyone else feel any better. I said recently that I'm going to ditch this tag, but then I thought, what if I instead use it to compartmentalise all my annoyances with everything? How about that? So that's what I'm doing. Although loosely tech-based, I will also use it as a platform to channel all my fury about other things that bother me. I promise I'll do this in good humour, though. So if you subscribe to this podcast, don't worry about going deaf from listening to me nerd raging and shouting. That won't happen. Besides, I'll probably lose my voice. Let's start off with some TV. I said, probably in the last podcast, that I'm in the process of catching up with Gotham. At the moment, I'm at season three. I had watched up to season two, so I'm making my way box setting, although not in one sitting, because that would be madness. Season three. In this season, we find Bruce growing up. He's tougher, thanks to Alfred, and he is learning to be even more of a person with a developed sense of conscience and morality. The Penguin is used in this season in the show to mock Donald Trump when he runs for mayor of Gotham and then vows to make Gotham safe again. We also see Selina Kyle, the young Catwoman, meeting her mum. 
it doesn't go well. Well, of course it doesn't. And the Joker returns. I'm finding season three not bad, but a bit boringly dialogue heavy. Very soapy in places. They are also very much cranking up the horror elements that really started in season two. I think Gotham does a nice job of tying in all the different versions and retcons of the DC comic. And though I do remain impressed by the actors who play the Penguin and the Riddler, I'm not that impressed by Gotham's take on the Joker. It's not that the actor who plays him is a bad actor, it's just a really tough role to cast correctly. That's Gotham, which I'm catching up with at the moment. Next, Daredevil Season 2. I said last time that I'd forgotten that there was a Season 2, or I had started watching it and then just broke off right at the beginning. I caught up with the rest of Season 2, and again, the thing about boring, wordy dialogue applies here as well. Though I find that Daredevil's interpretation of Elektra is fantastic. She is beautiful, vulnerable and deadly, very well acted, though I don't know who the actress is. The Punisher's okay too, but I still rate Thomas Jane's Punisher from the movie as the best on screen so far. Next, Better Call Saul. I put off watching this spin-off from Breaking Bad because I thought Breaking Bad was so good that I didn't want to dilute the experience or my memory of the show, but this is really quite enjoyable. Having a low-level, cowardly, ambulance chaser type of lawyer as the central character, you would have thought the show would be terrible. But because he is such an unusual protagonist, and acted in a very sympathetic and funny way too, does make the series easy to watch. And it's nice having something lighter to watch as well. The reason I started watching Better Call Saul is because one of my Dungeons and Dragons fellow players keeps talking about it, so I thought I'd give it a try. Okay, next, Rick and Morty. This is an animation show from Adult Swim about an alcoholic and irresponsible granddad scientist, Rick, who takes his grandson, Morty, on insanely dangerous adventures to other dimensions. This has been going on for a while, and apparently was originally a parody of Back to the Future. I find it mildly diverting and good in the absence of shows similar to Futurama. And, of course, much better than The Simpsons has been for a good number of years. In Morty, the grandson, I'm also reminded of the perils of being a companion 
to any eccentric scientist type character. Not so much then in Loco Parentis. And from TVs we go to movies. A Monster Calls, which is a contemporary fantasy film about an imaginary monster who helps a boy through his mother's illness. Not terrible, although Sigourney Weaver as the awful grandmother is totally pointless. Liam Neeson's monster is the best thing in the movie. Well done, Liam, for deciding to take a break from punching people who look like me and wolves. Next, The Fate of the Furious. Dom Torito is back and blackmailed by blonde weirdo super villainess hacker Charlize Theron. It's incredibly silly and crowd-pleasing blue-collar nonsense with lots of god and family tedium that goes on and on. The dialogue is mostly really terrible cheese. American cheese. The macho homoeroticism is cranked up to 11, possibly unintentionally, unlike films like the original Schwarzenegger Predator, but at least we are spared the usual patriotic flag-waving jingoism, and it is mildly entertaining in parts with pretty girls, Fast cars, large explosions, and some interestingly filmed fight scenes. I do think, though, Helen Mirren's London gangster mum bit is laughable. They should have asked my mum. Next, The Circle, which is an allegory of intrusive tech business and culture, with Emma Watson working her way up the corporate ladder of a Google-ish slash Facebook-ish tech giant called The Circle. It's okay, but a bit lamely scripted and on-the-nose obvious. Karen Gillan's portrayal of Emma Watson's manic friend Annie Allerton near the beginning of the movie is fun. Tom Hanks' part as the tech CEO, however, could again have been played by anyone. But then, this is one of the films produced by his own company, Playtone. This is the second Dave Eggers novel optioned by Playtone, the first being a hologram for The King. As a creative writer, what does this tell you? It tells you to jump headfirst into lovey culture, butter up the right people, and make sure they like you if you want your novel published and option. I am actually being sincere here. Likeability is essential. And on to technology and the continuing saga of the quest for a cruelty-free, environmentally friendly, vegan moisturizer. Of course, this is Technobilge. <laughs> And just a little recap from last week when I said that I'm not a vegan but a Hindu and frankly I've had it with smearing rendered animal goo on my face. Last time I had also mentioned that I had tried 
a product from Holland and Barrett called Holland and Barrett Certified Aloe Vera Gel Bioactive Skin Treatment, which didn't feel great. It felt like I was wearing a tight rubber mask. I did put the call out to listeners for any recommendations, but I didn't get any. So in the interim, I have found an alternative myself from Simple called Light Moisturizer. Simple is a company that makes cosmetics with fewer harsh chemicals and only one of their products containing honey contains any animal products at all. And lest you think this is turning into an advertorial, it isn't. Because I only found a vague statement regarding animal testing on their website. It actually redirected me to a Unilever page, which is their parent company. And on that page, of course, I could find nothing at all. I instead contacted them on Twitter. I was nice. And that was a few days ago, and I'm still waiting for an answer, so don't hold your breath. This is all a little reminiscent of the casting cream hair dye fiasco from a few years ago. Although that was when I had a bad allergic reaction with swollen lips. That kind of thing. This time there is less controversy, but I still got the same lack of response. I've been thinking about this now, and even if it is a favourable response, I'm getting to the point where to have all these requirements met is impossible. And that's even if I tried having a go at making my own products. I would still need to know where the ingredients were sourced, and that they were sourced in a way that I approved of. It all goes to show you how little control we have as consumers over anything. The argument that I have heard recently in a couple of really big tech podcasts is that you can vote with your wallet. That is an absolutely ridiculous, nonsensical argument. Because even if a thousand people voted with their wallet to boycott a product used by 10 billion people, what sort of impact could you possibly have? So stop saying, vote with your wallet. More techno bilge what I call the other gig economy. All my last jobs since the early 2000s could be classed as part of the gig economy, and it sucks. Why? Because you have zero rights and are tossed around like something disposable, which is of course fantastic. Margaret Thatcher gutted the unions, and we are in a state in the UK where there is no one to fight your corner. Maybe I think that the unions need to be bolstered, and all other jobs currently ununionized need to be unionized. It's not the only solution, as over the course of my working life I have belonged to several fairly useless unions, 
but it's better than nothing and having no one to speak your concerns. It seems insane that no one seems to actually remember the concept of collective bargaining. Next, more moaning. University fees in the UK are as high as the USA. And the USA is always given as an example of one of the least equal and financially accessible higher education systems in the world, but not anymore. In fact, as far back as 2015, newspapers here in the UK were highlighting the expense of university fees in the UK. When I first went to uni, even with free tuition, it was very difficult for my mum and dad to afford the other expenses, books, course materials, accommodation, living expenses, etc. I was poor enough that I even qualified for discretionary hardship grants. Now that fees are so high, it is a surprise that anyone at all can afford to go, and the current government seem determined to make sure that higher education will only be available to the rich. Successive governments of all flavours have always made noises about how Britain needs a more competitive workforce, particularly in science and tech-heavy professions, like computer science. But they're not helping us achieve this, are they? How much do UK students pay? From my perfunctory research around... £4,000 to £9,000 per annum. The majority of unis charge towards the high end of the scale, and some charge even more. Think about that. Especially if you are older and were lucky enough to go to university when it was free, and now think others should pay we all forget too easily. And on to something a little less grumpy. Podcasting tips. I have a few podcasting tips to share with you. In brief, when you get the sound that you want, because you have adjusted the settings on your software, on your hardware, My advice is to do things like photograph the position of your microphone, your mixer and recorder settings, and another thing, Audacity monitoring does not always pick up clipping. Audacity is a free piece of open source software that a lot of podcasters use. Probably the majority of podcasters use Audacity. But in my experience, sometimes the monitoring will not sense vocals that are too loud. What I do is I use a free piece of software called Peak Level Meter by Darkwood Designs. The combination of both those level meters means that I can more accurately tell when 
I am in danger of overloading the amp. My mixer also has a peak level meter. That is completely useless. <laughs> it barely registers any sound at all. Another thing I wanted to share with you is that audio reproduction within my PC hardware is less accurate than that issuing from my phone speaker. So what I think is clean audio at the end of my editing and processing is not usually cleanly output on the end listener's phone. My solution to this is to subscribe to my own podcast and then test the quality by listening to it on my Android phone. Always remember to listen to your own podcast after you upload it. Finally, remember to record a good chunk of background Atmos that is record some sound with no dialogue, no music, nothing. Just the mic recording ambient noise. You do this so that you can later use Audacity's noise reduction effect, particularly if you record in a noisy environment like I do. Where I live, it is fairly quiet, but not quiet in a way you'd want a recording studio to be. There is distant traffic noise, so getting that ambient traffic noise and then removing it from my recording is very important. But do not use a very aggressive setting in Audacity. My advice is to not alter the default settings. If anything, maybe reduce them a little. Because if you don't, you'll end up sounding like you've recorded your audio from inside a metal box, as if you were recording like you were a victim of the collector. On that terrifying note, we move on to the creative section. And I just had a little, not much really, just a couple of mentions about music stuff. It's not going to help you if you're in a band, it's just my personal little moans. The first thing is I put my music talk into my technology section last week. It doesn't really matter, but of course it should be in the creative section. I did that because I couldn't decide where to slot that into, though talking about this now is maybe a little Linnaean classification obsessive and shows you that I have a need to pigeonhole everything. I did try broad culture technology and creative headings only in previous podcasts, but that didn't work and makes me curl my toes with <laughs> annoyance. Why am I even talking about this? Forget that. Okay, that moan about DHL. I ordered a banjolele. Hooray! Yeah, finally. Ordered from a company called Toman in Germany. Now, the truth about my new banjolele is, although it is more expensive than a better and cheaper Kameez one available on eBay, it's smaller and open-backed in technical 
banjo jargon. It has an open back pot, which makes it quieter. And the pot, the hand drum type thing at the end of a banjo or banjolini is smaller, so quieter, which means it won't annoy my ears. And it has a proper soprano scale, which I'm used to as a ukulele player. Let's leave this behind because it's starting to get tedious. But the point is, I ordered it last week. It should have been delivered on Saturday. It wasn't. And now it is past 20 to 6 and it should have been delivered today. Thank you very much and excellent work DHL, which was the carrier that was supposed to deliver my parcel. Completely and utterly useless. Though at least I had time to record my podcast while I was waiting for them to drag their lazy behinds around the motorway and deliver my parcel. Not. And now, leaving you in suspense, did Roy's parcel get delivered or did it not? This is now the end of the show. You can contact me or read more about me or just read more nerdy stuff from a number of places, the least of which is my website, RoyMartha.com, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. I say the least of which is my main website because at the moment it is a bit of a mess. After I remodeled it and now realized that perhaps it is a little too sparse. You can find a lot more information at RoyMartha.wordpress.com, which is my blog. You can contact me on Twitter. My handle is at RoyMartha, at R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. The hashtag for the show is hashtag Roy's Rocket Radio. The hashtag for more of my grumpiness is hashtag TechnoBilge, T-E-C-H-N-O-B-I. L-G-E. And believe it or not, the fictional presenter of this podcast, known as The Captain, has his own hashtag called Incredibly Nerdily. And I apologise for this. Hashtag Villainy Prevails. If you like the show, please tell a friend about Troy's Rocket Radio. Please, as always, I ask you to review the show in iTunes. That is extremely important to the continuation of this show. And that is it for now. This was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 184, recorded on Monday, the 10th of July, 2017. And the time at the end of the show is 44 minutes past... 5 in the afternoon and 31 seconds. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Bye!